Welcome to Marketing School, the only podcast that provides daily top-level marketing tips and strategies from entrepreneurs that practice what they preach and live what they teach. Let's start leveling up your marketing knowledge with your instructors, Neil Patel and Eric Sue. Today, we are going to talk about marking through the pandemic lessons learned and best practices. So this is a chat GPT prompt that we're going to be using here. And funny enough, Neil, I don't know if you remember, but like when we're going into the pandemic, I was like, man, this is going to be a lot of opportunity. I think I even used the word excited because I had a sense of where the world was going to go. So yeah, let's share some lessons here. So the big thing that I've learned, you know, and I've been asked this a lot, people like, oh yeah, how do you make your business recession proof or pandemic proof? You can't. There's very few industries that don't get affected by recessions or pandemics. And a great example of this is if you're in a pharmaceutical space, if the market's really bad or there's a pandemic, you're going to sell drugs either way. But on the flip side, if you're in the space of selling, you know, video cameras in a pandemic or a recession, recession is probably a better word to use than pandemic for this title, by the way recession. You know, people are just going to buy less cameras. There's not much you can do about it. Does that mean you shouldn't be in the camera space? No, it's a reality. You're like, oh, let me add in upsells and downsells and all these other things and diversify so I won't get hit as hard. Well, if you're bigger, you're still going to get hit hard. Amazon got hit extremely hard from their e-commerce business. And yes, they have other divisions like Amazon Web Services that are still doing fine, but it's really hard to prevent your business getting hit from any economic slowdown. But here's the thing, and this is what I do. The biggest lesson I learned is have as much dry powder as possible and pour it into your business when things are bad. So I was talking to Eric. I have a house in Beverly Hills. My wife and I bought it for $7.6 million, I think, a little bit more than a year ago. So a year and maybe four months ago. My wife and I haven't even spent one day in that house. Now, the house is 100 years old or 96 or 97 years old. And we've spent like 1.3 million or 1.4 million on architecture. Let's just round and let's just say we're in the house total of 9 million bucks. Trying to get city permits. It takes forever in this city of Beverly Hills. And let's say we end up building the house. Maybe it cost me extra seven or eight. Let's tell my wife, I'm like, are we really going to spend much time there? She's like, no. And I'm like, yeah. Let's just get rid of it. Even if I took a million dollar loss on that home after fees and everything, I don't care because if I can take that 8 million bucks and dump it into the business and buy more companies or expand faster, I would get a much bigger ROI than if I left it in a house. The point I'm making, and a lot of you guys aren't going to like this answer, but what I do before things get bad, I start selling all the stuff I don't need And I double down on the business because I know I can buy all these materialistic things later on if I want them again in the future. So Neil and I actually, so we had this conversation over the weekend, I believe. And the whole consensus here is like, man, have we just focused all of our efforts on our business over the years? Forget like angel investing, forget this opportunity, forget that one. Your internal rate of return, your IRR on your business, it's the best you're going to get, right? For the most part, compared to anything else. So it's really A, you're investing in yourself. Nobody can ever take that away from you. And then for the most part, you have the most control over your business. This is assuming you're listening in the United States or like a free country, but that's what it is. It's very illogical of us to say, oh, let's try this real estate thing over here. Let's buy this home. And which, by the way, Neil, let me just ask you this. The home becomes another set of headaches because you have to actually think about it. It can. 
but for us, and it's funny speaking of home, the one though, that you don't live wife, in, the Beverly Hills yeah, one. The, yeah, the one I don't live in, but someone else maintains it and deals with it. They get free rent. That way we don't have to deal with squatters. But the funny thing is I went to my wife because we have an $18 million home in Vegas and call it eight in Beverly Hills. So between both, I have what, roughly $26 million tied up in real estate, right? That's a lot of money. And like when I say 26, I'm talking about cash. I'm not talking about finance money. I'm talking about just straight up cash. So I was like telling my wife, I was like, hey, honey, can I go sell the $18 million home too? She's like, which one? I'm like, our primary residence. She's like, no. But I was just like, let's just liquidate everything and I'll just go buy more businesses. If I really wanted to do it, I can convince my wife. I'm not going to push her that much. Better hope she doesn't listen to this. No, she's cool <laughs> with it. Like if I told her like, I really want to sell it, we have more opportunities. She would say, yeah. But on the flip side, you know, she brought up a good point. She's like, if we sell the Beverly Hills house, what are you going to do with the cash? And I was like, I would invest in more in business. She's like, are you going to buy more businesses? I'm like, I already got bank lines. So I probably won't be touching the money for that. She's like, okay, you're going to invest in other stuff. I'm like, I don't know of any opportunities right now. So I'm not going to end up using it. So she's like, what are we going to do with the cash? I'm like, for now, it's just going to sit in a bank account. And we already have a HELOC on it, which is a home equity line of credit. So I can pull out cash from it if I wanted to. But the theory or the thesis is, is if I can find opportunities during down markets, that is when I double down and use as much money as possible. And I do believe there's going to be a lot of opportunities. That's the biggest lesson I've learned is even if you don't know what you're going to do with money, try to have as much money, cut costs, save money, because when you see the opportunities to double down, that's when you double down and that's when you can gobble up market share. You know, Warren Buffett says the quote, when other people are greedy, be fearful. When people are fearful, be greedy. And I think during this market, people are going to be really fearful. And I think it's going to be a ton of opportunities to be greedy. Yep. I mean, you can even retitle, for those of you listening, you can even retitle this one to investing through a recession as well, right? So only when the tide goes out, you can see who's swimming naked. And I was going to use the, you know, be greedy when others are fearful quote, but you already used it. So the key thing here is you can afford to sit and wait, right? I think this year, you know, when this is being recorded, it is the start of the new year, right? When you're listening to this, it's the same kind of deal, right? So we'll see in the first two quarters if this recession is going to happen or not. And if it does, we're going to see some buying opportunities pop up. And that gives you an opportunity to bolster not only your business, but also your marketing as well. The only two things I'm going to leave off with here, kind of learning through the pandemic or learning through the recession, because we did have a really brief recession during the pandemic is this whole concept of diversifying your marketing to only on the areas that are working. But, you know, for example, this podcast, right? Like this podcast clearly works for both of us, like SEO works, right? And so it's really, you know, YouTube really works for Neil. It also, you know, it's starting to work for my side. And so it's figuring out what actually works and doubling and tripling down on that and diversifying. So we're not, you know, at the beck and whim of like another platform because there's platform risk. And then to kind of reiterate on Neil's point, you know, watching your costs too, right? And also understanding where you're getting a, a higher return. And so if your money's just sitting somewhere else and it's causing headache and you think you can get a better return elsewhere, even if you're going to have a little loss on it, it's better to liquidate and, and put it into the thing that's actually working. So that is it for today. We hope you're enjoying these longer episodes now. Thank you for the recent feedback. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and let us know what you think about these longer episodes, whether you hate them, you love them, and we'll see you tomorrow. We appreciate you joining us for this session of Marketing School. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit marketingschool.io for more resources based on today's topic, as well as access to more episodes that will help you find true marketing success. That's marketingschool.io. Until next time, class dismissed.